Not a joke. Not a joke. And that wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. This is not hyperbole. I'm not being facetious. And I mean it. Not a joke. For real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Put all kidding aside. For real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I really mean it. I mean this. I'm not being solicitous. Not a joke. My name's Joe Biden. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. I'm cuckoo, I'm cuckoo. The USA is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've gotta be free The way God made But they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn into guns All the unions always ask for more All we buy is made on foreign shores Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay I've gotta be free The way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damned Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and got a lot going on today, so let's jump right into it. 
Uh, let's begin with the news that uh, Missouri Attorney General Eric Smith announced today, this afternoon. Uh, of course, time of the live broadcast, in case you're listening to the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio on great stations across the country like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority. Or if you're listening to the rebroadcast on the last frequency, not just as examples, or if you're a day or two behind on your podcast listening, the time of the live broadcast just so happens to be September 6th, 2022. So this afternoon, earlier, got a big announcement from Missouri Attorney General Eric Smith that uh, in his state's joint lawsuit, along with the state of Louisiana, against the Biden administration over alleged censorship coordination with social media companies, well, that announcement said that they scored a major victory uh, as the administration was ordered to turn over records from key officials. Yes, that's right. They're going to have to produce documents. We're going to have to see if, in fact, the federal government has been trying to squash free speech by manipulating the town square known as social media, a.k.a. Facebook and Twitter in particular. Uh, quoting here uh, from the statement, In our lawsuit against the Biden administration for colluding with social media companies to censor speech, the court just ordered the DOJ to produce records from key White House and HHS officials like Dr. Anthony Fauci, the second greatest doctor of all time, immediately behind Dr. Jill Biden. Uh, the White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, and others. Uh, this according to a tweet from Smith. Uh, the court believes plaintiffs are entitled to external communications by Corinne Jean-Pierre and Dr. Anthony Fauci in their capacities as White House Press Secretary and Chief Medical Advisor to the President, the third-party social media platforms, according to U.S. District Judge Terry Darty. Therefore, government defendants Jean-Pierre and Dr. Fauci shall provide answers to the plaintiff's interrogations and documents requested within 21 days from the date of this order. Darty also ordered that the Biden administration must produce records from HHS Des Deputy Assistant Secretary for Public Engagement, the head of HHS Digital Engagement Team, and Deputy Director of the Office of Communications of HRSA and HHS, Deputy Digital Director. Quoting here uh, from Smith in his acknowledgement on Twitter, uh, DOJ identifies 45 federal officials who have interacted with social media companies on misinformation. Beyond DOJ, Meta identified 32 additional federal officials, including White House officials, who communicated with them. Uh, and YouTube identified 11 federal officials, including White House officials who communicated with them, many of whom were not disclosed by the DOJ. Smith called what the Biden administration was doing, quote, a vast censorship enterprise, adding, quote, the American people deserve to see the truth. Now, man, I really, really I can't help but agree with him on that. And that is a phenomenal bit of news. Uh, 
It is fantastic. I mean, we were we were all flabbergasted at the admission uh, last week from Meta, aka Facebook, uh, that uh, on the Joe Rogan show uh, that they actually acknowledged that yes, indeed, they had had interaction with the federal government in an effort to try and uh, squash disinformation. Uh, of course, their definition of disinformation is essentially anything they don't like. Of course, last month, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy called out Meta, Facebook's parent company, over its decision to decrease the reach of political content on Facebook, accusing the tech giant of being politically biased. Quote here, Facebook made sure no one saw the Hunter Biden laptop story before the 2020 election. But now that America has record inflation, rising crime, and a border crisis, all as a result of Democratic policies, Facebook is shutting down more political content to hide the truth from Americans. Well, uh, Kevin, it looks like you're right on that count. At this point, I don't know what's more surprising, though, the fact that the folks at Meta are acknowledging it or the fact that anybody else in the country is acting like they didn't already know course, uh, the company originally announced, the company being Meta, parent of Facebook, announced the changes in February of 2021, shortly after Democratic President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was inaugurated, saying that it was hoping to decrease political content in news feeds. Uh, these changes included moves to rank political content in people's feeds using different signals. Meta also announced in late July, just ahead of the 2022 midterms, that it would be implementing the changes around the world to decrease political content in users' Facebook feeds. Now, I have a real issue with all of that, just because I primarily use Facebook, Twitter, Locals, uh, Truth Social... Uh, Clout Hub, Getter, Gab, Spreely, MeWe, uh, and uh, all the other places, uh, Minds.com, all the other places that I have social media content, I, I use it primarily to promote the show. Now, on Facebook, which is where I have the most direct contact with friends, people I actually know, though, as opposed to the other, uh, the other social media sites, uh, I also just share random stuff I find funny, some family stuff, not a lot of that stuff, though, really. So, in essence, uh, they're shadow banning everything I do that's generally an effort to either promote this show or to try and help make sure that the headlines that you may have missed still manage to land in your lap so you have a chance to see it. Uh, that is the primary purpose of what I do here. Uh, that's why I still kind of lean towards content that's not necessarily being overreported. Sometimes I'm getting to it before other media outlets pick it up and really start pushing it. And then other times it's just things that because other stories overshadow these headlines, they kind of get overlooked. And I've always had a propensity for trying to go for the lesser covered news stories because I've always felt like, if you're paying attention to conservative media outlets, you're getting a lot of the same stories. Now, I've mentioned in the last couple of years that my general attitude towards that has changed overall because 
I've come to understand exactly why it is that the Blaze and the Daily Caller and the Daily Wire and Breitbart and every other uh, majority conservative outlet, the reason we tend to cover the same stories is they tend to be big stories and because we're all trying to break through to the uh, few random people that are legitimately center or slightly left of center that would be swayed by actual facts, data, and information, trying to get these stories into their ears, get their eyeballs on them, let them find out. See, those folks that are willing to step outside of the echo chamber long enough to get a, an actual honest viewpoint of what's happening, we want to get to those folks. And so that's why if something is being overcovered, and I still comment on it. It's because it's either so huge or because it's so outrageous. I just feel the need to uh, to cover it too. That's why in the earliest days of the show, especially the BTR version, which uh, has been two hours for a very long time, I would typically divide the show up into four segments or or a few more, depending on the size of the segment. And one of the segments was always Outrage of the Week, and another segment was always a headline you may have missed. And that's something that I'm still doing on the videos over at Rumble, is headlines you may have missed, especially if I don't get to it on the show. In fact, I'll be doing another headline you may have missed very soon, because a story that actually uh, broke last week and still doesn't seem to be getting very much coverage, and I, I don't have time to get to it here. Anyway... Uh, this is big news, so I, I wanted to make sure that we shared it. And hopefully, this is not the first you've heard of it, and I'm definitely hoping this will not be the last that you've heard of it. All right, so uh, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take uh, our break a little early. And the reason for that is because I want to kind of cover another story and then I want to bring to you a conversation I just had a little while ago with Mr. Kenny Shu. Uh, because they are related, uh, the conversation and the story. And what I just discussed with you was something that had kind of popped up into my newsfeed uh, just before airtime. So, needed to uh, kind of preemptively put that on. So, here's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you stay right where you're at. I'm going to take that break. And then when we come back, I will uh, slide into the storyline and then... We will have that uh, conversation with Kenny Shear. So, uh, you know, stay right where you're at. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. We, the people of the United States of America, fully understand the Biden administration. All Democrats and rhinos want destructive open borders. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. 
You're Democrats, globalist rhinos, and your legions of illegal border crossers. Together, you continue to wreak havoc throughout our republic. Most of you illegal border crossers have ventured here, invited by the Biden administration and others, to help them to literally destroy this exceptional nation. We the people realize that you illegal border crossers are part of a means to an evil end, perpetuated against we the people who simply want to live free in a land where problems are solved with real solutions, where farmers can grow good and healthy food and real clean energy such as natural gas, nuclear power, clean crude oil, etc. can be utilized to take care of our energy needs and be energy independent. Also, we know that Biden and most career politicians seek to bring you illegals here to help eradicate our Judeo-Christian and constitutionally limited heritage. In closing, we the people know that if God be for us, you and your wicked Democrat and rhino friends will toil for naught and succumb in utter peril. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Here's the thing. People think that the President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone, he can delay, but he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. But the, the difference between the president, do, president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. One, two, eighteen. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. I'm in love with you. Protein bar that's tasty and it's healthy too. Nah. Did he just say healthy? Because wow, who knew? My favorite tastes like cherries in a chocolate fondue. to the truth. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Jill Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. I want the dinosaur. I want the dinosaur. 
keep forgetting I'm president. Not a joke. Not a joke. And that wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. This is not hyperbole. I'm not being facetious. And I mean it. Not a joke. For real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. But all kidding aside, for real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I really mean it. I mean this. I'm not being solicitous. Not a joke. Everything is awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, everything is awesome. Uh, And uh, it's not a joke. Not a joke. I'm not being facetious. Not a joke. All right, I keep forgetting I'm president, too. And uh, let me assure you that while I'm walking the dinosaur, the president has a big stick. Joe, put it away. All right, is Emperor Palpatine, angry old man Joe Biden, uh, is uh, continuing his doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down on all MAGA Republicans and super MAGA and super duper MAGA Republicans. Uh, One thing is clear. Uh, September is Bourbon Heritage Month. Uh, If you didn't know that was a thing, it absolutely is. And there is only one way to properly celebrate Bourbon Heritage Month, and that is with homegrown Boone's Bourbon. Yes, that's right. First and foremost, you heard Rockapello just a few minutes ago singing about the glories of Built Bar, and uh, they are glorious. Right now, the newest flavor is strawberry. They brought it back, but they still have the granola flavors that are back, and uh, they also still have their BYU bar and lots of other great stuff going on. So go visit if you are listening to the podcast, slide down into the show description and click the link that is there. That way, they know that I'm the one that sent you. And if you decide to make a purchase once you're there with that, well, then you help me out too. So your win-win, you know, where you get a great product and they get a great new customer, that being you, uh, becomes a win-win-win. So you get a great product, they get a great new customer, and I get credit for having put the two of you together, and that helps to support the show. So be sure to do that. And if you are so interested, let me tell you something. Boone's Bourbon is proving that high-proof bourbon does not have to come with a high price tag, and it is available one way or another in all 50 states, although in some instances you may have to order online. I am not going to put a link in the show description, but I will put pictures in the slideshow for the BTR version. And uh, if you're interested in taking a look, I am posting links uh, to uh, Boone's on the social media platforms on which I am active. So you can just track me down on one of the multiple uh, social media outlets if you want to take a view. And, uh, you know, just go to where you normally buy spirits. And ask for Boone's Bourbon, homegrown Boone's Bourbon. And if they don't have it, ask them if they won't carry it for you. Because trust me, if y'all like bourbon, you'll love homegrown Boone's. That's all I got to say about that. Now, before we go any further, let's get back to the action, shall we? Because, you know, here's the deal. Anti-white racism is literally all the rage right now, whether you're talking about big business, whether you're talking about banks, whether you're talking about labor unions, and of course, the government. You know, we just had Labor Day. The Labor Day weekend has now come and gone, which for a lot of us, it kind of marks the unofficial end of the summer. But you know what? I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, look at some of this past season's hottest trends. 
that, of course, being anti-white racism under the guise of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, as flagged by conservative strategist Greg Price, open racial discrimination against whites and Asians is just a thing now, I guess. And he, of course, attached screenshots to several recent stories highlighting programs or policies that explicitly push minority individuals over white people. Asians are obviously not white, but because of their general cultural success in America, they've been deemed to be white adjacent by proponents of critical race theory, and so have American Jews. Many of the plans that were highlighted by Price are potentially illegal because they're based solely on discrimination, discriminating against people based on the color of their skin. But the program's diverse scrutiny, uh, I'm sorry, the program's deserve scrutiny so that the American people can see what equity in action actually looks like. For example, Bank of America just recently announced a new mortgage lending program geared specifically to black and Hispanic home buyers. The loans require no down payments and no closing costs and no credit scores. To qualify, you must make below a certain amount of money each year and purchase a home in a black or Hispanic neighborhood in select American cities. White home buyers in those neighborhoods who do meet the criteria are technically eligible for the program, but the company has come out and said specifically that these programs, well, they're really intended for blacks and Hispanics, not anybody else, especially not whites, but they have to make it available if you meet it. Um, this is one of the topics that I talked about with Kenny, and which you'll hear that conversation here in just a few minutes. Uh, also quoting here from A.J. Barkley, head of the Neighborhood Community Lending for Bank of America, he said, quote, Our community affordable loan solutions will help make the dream of sustained home ownership attainable for more black and Hispanic families, and is part of our broader commitment to the communities that we serve. So in other words, uh, the gigantic bank openly brags that its goal with the program is to racially discriminate. It's kind of doubtful that Bank of America will begin a program like this in the predominantly white and poverty-ridden town of uh, Bailiville, Kentucky, despite its widespread economic ruin due to policies that shipped jobs overseas and allowed drugs to proliferate through the country. Yet Bank of America might be okay, legally speaking, since it doesn't exclude white people from accessing the newest version of the subprime mortgages. Uh, the same idea that led to the housing market collapse, the housing bubble collapse, that's often referred to as the 2008 housing bubble collapse, even though technically it kind of started in 2006. Uh started picking up speed in 2008, and didn't hit the rock bottom until 2011. But we still kind of call it the 2008. I kind of wonder why. Anyway, uh, the Washington Free Beacon recently reported that Amazon and Pfizer announced programs specifically for minority candidates. White people need not apply, it seems. Amazon's being sued for a program that allegedly discriminates based on race under the company's Amazon Delivery Service Partners Diversity uh, grant. Certain races are eligible to receive thousands of dollars to become 
delivery partners. The plaintiff in the suit says that it is patently unlawful racial discrimination. That means that the business owners by businesses owned by blacks, Latinos, or Native Americans receive a ten thousand dollar stipend from Amazon to become delivery service partners, while whites and Asian Americans who wish to become delivery service partners receive no such stipend and must foot the entire bill for their startup cost. The lawsuit, of course, claimed that um, all this is quite unfair and somewhat illegal. I think they're right. This according to the Free Beacon. Why? Well, look at critical race theory principles, which animate such ideas. Well, it shows that present discrimination is needed to rectify past discrimination. Thus, in leftist worldview anyway, it's okay to exclude certain races that have been deemed non-victims, or white and or white adjacent. Pfizer is even more explicit in its racial requirements. The company, which recently posted record profits thanks to its COVID vaccine, recently announced a first-of-its-kind nine-year fellowship that offers a 10-week summer internship for rising undergraduate college seniors. Two years of full-time employment after undergraduate graduation, a fully paid scholarship for a master's degree, more summer internships, and post-program employment at Pfizer. It's probably the first of its kind because it is only for Americans of Black slash African American, Latino, Hispanic, and Native American descent. Which again, experts say is against the law. Pfizer program is so flagrantly illegal, I seriously wonder how it managed to pass internal review by its general counsel. Uh, that was a quote from Adam Mortora, top civil rights attorney, and speaking to the Free Beacon. Also in Minnesota, teachers unions uh, advancing racial discrimination under collective bargaining agreement between the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers Unions and the Minneapolis Public School District uh, basically said that non-white teachers are considered a population underrepresented amongst licensed teachers. That racial category means that for some reason, they should be prevented from being laid off first, regardless of their educational qualifications or anything else. Now, these are all topics that I discuss with Kenny. And to make sure that I have enough time to get that conversation with Kenny in before I go any further, I will pick up more as time allows at the end. I'm going to go ahead and play for you that conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, here's Kenny Chu. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. And it is now my distinct honor and pleasure to welcome to the show first-time guest. He is the current president of the Color Us United organization, as well as the author of An Inconvenient Minority. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Kenny Shu. Uh, Kenny, first, before we could jump into anything, thank you so much for joining us today, and how are you doing? I'm well, I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Uh, obviously, there's a couple of different stories I kind of wanted to touch on with you. But before we jump any into anything, uh, because you haven't been with us before, did want to get a little bit of uh, discussion on 
Color Us United and talk a little bit about the book. So let's start with Color Us United. Uh, this is a nonprofit organization. Uh, you were kind of recruited into being the president. Tell us a little bit about the organization and what its primary purpose is. Yeah, I'd love to. So right now in our country, we're facing serious division. Uh, and it's not division because Americans hate each other. It's division because our leaders and our media are dividing us, specifically on the basis of race, gender, sex, whatever you want to call it. Um, but Colorist United is a group we formed in 2021 to combat this media-centered division uh, and also critical race theory um, that, of course, teaches that just because you're white, you're automatically privileged, and just because you're black, you're automatically oppressed. Well, no, everybody has various individual backgrounds and facets of their life, and we should pay attention to those as individuals, not as entire groups. Um, so if you believe in this message, and uh, what we do is that we take those voices of those people who are opposed to this racial division, and we take them to CEOs of woke corporations across America, like the Salvation Army, like American Express, and we tell them, stop pursuing these woke DEI policies. Uh, and uh, start unifying people under um, a common cause again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I take it that it was your uh, journalism and uh, your writing that uh, led to this organization kind of recruiting you to uh, head the charge for them? That's right. I was a journalist. I, I wrote the book, An Inconvenient Minority, actually. I was inspired about these issues, actually, while I was still in college, pretty early in my life uh, when I was seeing the way that institutions and companies like Harvard were treating Asian Americans. Uh, I happen to be of Asian descent, but of course you wouldn't even know that um, until you saw my name because the way that I'm talking doesn't appear that way. But the point is, doesn't matter. Harvard's going to dock you if you're Asian and penalize you in admissions because they don't want too many of a certain minority. They want other minorities. Um, and unfortunately, or fortunately, Asians are studying twice as hard as the average American. That's a fact. They study twice as many hours. It's why they are eligible to gain admissions to Harvard, and yet Harvard discriminates against them because they think that Asians are over overrepresented. So that was what compelled me to start this journey of me understanding that this is not right. And of course, they would frame this in all of these things, diversity, we want a diverse student body, blah, blah, blah. But I, I realized at its core, it's not right. You should be treated on the content of your character, not the color of your skin. And after my writing, my best-selling book, An Inconvenient Minority, I got recruited to uh, be the president of Color Us United. Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, what's interesting is we constantly hear from the so-called progressives how important minorities are. Uh, whereas um, American uh, Asian Americans and American uh, Jews are now under the auspices of critical race theory considered to be white adjacent. So uh, you, you're just not a minority anymore as far as they're concerned. And I think that has a lot to do with the mentality uh, that a lot of folks have that fall into those communities where uh, it's just a really hard sell to try and convince uh convince anybody that you are automatically a victim, uh, to just accept victimhood and not accept mm -hmm. any responsibility for yourself. It's a tough sell in certain communities. So, uh, 
congratulations on uh, being somebody who sees America for the opportunities that it is. Uh, I'm afraid we're getting to be a uh, smaller and smaller number every year. Uh, has a lot to do with that uh, college indoctrination that's all going on. Uh, one of the topics I wanted to talk to you about uh, seems to be where some of this woke indoctrination is rearing its ugly head in business. Uh, you've already been uh, outspoken on the topic and love to get your thoughts on uh, Bank of America's big mortgage program that they just announced a few days ago. May got major pushback already, but they're trying to establish a mortgage program with no down payments and no closing costs, and it's specifically designed for black and Hispanic home buyers in specific areas. Now, technically, uh, anybody who is moving, uh, looking to purchase into certain communities, regardless of skin color, qualify, but they have made it clear that it is intended for blacks and Hispanics. So, uh, other than obviously being illegal based on the fact that we have lots of laws that forbid this type of uh, discrimination, uh, where do you come down on this? I come down on the fact that it's illegal. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's where I come down on. Um, look, and if it's not illegal, it's the worst law in the entire nation that would allow something like this. Because I've talked with many people who work in banks all the time. Basically, for many, many years in this country, you weren't allowed to even look at not just race to determine whether you want to lend to somebody or not. You're not allowed to look at anything that could be associated with race, like zip code, neighborhood, type of school you go in, blah, blah, blah. Um, you're not even allowed to look at those things. Um, and companies were trying very, very hard to avoid the charge of discrimination. And... Now look at what, what's happening. What? Now you're explicitly saying we're only going to do this for black and Hispanic homeowners after you tried for the past 20, 25 years to avoid the guise of using race in anything to make your decisions on lending, et cetera. Um, this is insane. Um, it's like you turned back the clock straight back to 1955 or something like that. Um, and uh, it's illegal and it needs to end. You know, the other aspect of this, and it's, I don't think it's that surprising that people might, you know, if, if you're old enough to remember the last housing market crash, uh, it was facilitated largely on uh, mortgage guarantees that were established for folks that typically wouldn't qualify for a mortgage previously. Isn't this essentially kind of setting up the same kind of thing? And couldn't you actually make an argument that this is an effort to set up people in certain communities, especially black and Hispanic Americans, to fail and fall further into a, a debt cycle that they can't get out of rather than to help give them a leg up. Sure. So I'm going to lay out for your listeners the, one of the reasons why Bank of America is doing this. So in this whole racism narrative, there's this idea of the wealth gap. And the idea is that White Americans have 10 times as much wealth as black Americans on average. Well, it's misleading because um, if you take out the top 10% of both white Americans and black Americans from that, the top 10% in terms of wealth, um, you know, the landed gentry, so to speak, um, that wealth gap decreases to decreases by 50%. 
you know, so it's really not the vast majority of Americans are just so much wealthier than the vast majority of black Americans. Um, it's just that the uber, uber rich who are like very disproportionately white, uh, are just very, very rich. Um, so, but regardless, they advance this narrative and then they say, well, we need to help black communities build wealth. Um, by basically giving them, uh, by basically giving them a, an entirely indebted home. And do you think that's the best way to build wealth? Well, for the banks, it's a great way for the banks to build wealth because banks love mortgages and banks love, you know, people going into debt. And we as a country are run off of debt. But this doesn't help black and Hispanic communities build wealth at all. In fact, it just puts them further and further into debt. <laughs> um, and so you say zero down payments, all those kinds of things. Yeah, you can own a house right now. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the lead up to the 2008 financial crisis, where Bush um, prioritized homeownership for low income, primarily black, primarily Latino communities. And unfortunately, it led to this Uber buying of houses that people couldn't afford, and it just eventually crashed down and hurt everybody. It especially hurt Black and Latino communities. So I don't see this as a way for Black and Latino communities to build wealth. I see it as a way for them to accumulate debt. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems like uh, the best uh, efforts from the so-called progressives tend to have the same effect. Uh, they claim to be fighting to help you get an advantage in Really, it puts you at a disadvantage. Uh, another major story recently that I kind of wanted to talk to, with you about, uh, even though it's been kind of walked back a little bit, would be uh, the teachers union in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, we talked about it here on air, and I know you've been vocal about it yourself uh, when, uh, when the truth kind of seeped out that uh, they had come to terms with the uh, local school system uh, in regards to the order in which teachers would be let go uh, in the event that budgetary requirements required it. Uh, that, of course, being that uh, white teachers would be released first, regardless of merit, regardless of qualification. Uh, again, this is supposedly in an effort to continue to give uh, an advantage to black and Hispanic teachers. Uh, they say there's not enough of them in the profession. Uh, however, if you ignore merit, if you're going to just say for something that has nothing at all to do with your actual ability to teach and even ignore the previous ideologies of, uh, for union members, uh, the old idea of uh, last one hired, first one fired mentality, uh, obviously the idea and mindset of tenure for college professors and the like, if you're going to even ignore that and throw it out the window, I would think merit should be the only basis that you would uh, be considering. Uh, how good of a teacher are you? Uh, you're the one we need to hang on to. Uh, did you see anything in particular in this that had any merit whatsoever? Or is this just another wild leftist woke ideology? Well, it stems from the idea that black students need black teachers to perform. Uh, it's racist. It's a racist idea. Um, but it still exists in our discourse because people seem to be under the impression that you can only learn when you're surrounded by people of your same face, which, by the way, is a justification for racial segregation. Um, I think we're better than that. 
I, I sincerely do. Children are not born, you know, thinking, man, I can only trust the white man or I can only trust the black man. You know, look, I was I was born Asian and I was surrounded by people of all skin colors. And I've learned and had mentors of people under all skin colors. And I think that it would be the same for a black child, the same for a white child. Um, you, you need the most qualified teacher in the room. OK, sure. You have a teacher of your same face, but this teacher can't teach algebra. And then how are you going to how are you going to progress in middle school? How are you going to learn the math skills you need to learn? Um so, no, this is, this is, you know, aside from the fact that it's a blatantly unfair policy, it doesn't even serve the purposes in which it thinks it's trying to help, which is to improve the educational standards of the low-income minority population in Minneapolis. Right. Yeah, and I think pretty good indicator, uh, too. Uh, not that long ago, we saw out in uh, California, there's multiple school systems there that had kind of adopted similar policies already, uh, not as blatant as the one that Minneapolis was trying to push. But they now are desperately trying to reestablish merit-based teaching priorities. Uh, they're acknowledging uh, publicly that it's not a very good idea. And I think you're absolutely right. The, uh, the best teachers are the ones who are going to be able to reach you and help you and mentor you uh, regardless of their skin tone and your skin tone. Uh, it's not a, a completely foreign idea that you might feel more comfortable with people you feel like uh, are part of your tribe. Uh, and we do tend to be tribal, unfortunately, when it comes to certain things. But at the end of the day, education still boils down to who's best at teaching, uh, who can reach you, uh, who can help you to learn the things you need to learn in order to be successful. Uh, and it's it would be great if you could just see where Minneapolis is kind of backed up off this and forget about it. But uh, I'm sure by now you've seen enough to know that when it comes to these types of efforts from the left, uh, when they back off a little bit, they're just kind of hoping that things will die down. And if we're not paying close attention, they'll try to sneak it back in when they think nobody's looking. Uh, I'm sure you've seen similar things uh, already just in the, the time that you've been writing and uh and uh, trying to push forward with uh, the Color Us United. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why I formed, this is why I, I became, I accepted the offer to be the first president of the organization based on my act activism. Um, I led the campaign in California actually to, I didn't, I was the director for media outreach for the campaign in California that voted 57% against the use of racial preferences in admissions. That was a ballot measure. That that was a, the most liberal state in the nation. It's uh, voters voted 57% against racial preferences. So I know that this issue is a hot issue with voters. It's something that voters in America are going to side with me on. It's going to they're going to side with Color Us United on. The best thing we can do right now at Color Us United is when a company is engaging in woke policies, preferring certain minorities over others. We need to hit the company where it. We need to hit the company where where it's hardest. In MX's case, which we're targeting right now, American Express, um, they've been firing uh, white employees willy nilly in the name of diversity and inclusion. And so we have to spread that message. We have to show how that's going to lead to a lower quality of business uh, because they're not prioritizing merit based. Um, hiring and promotion anymore. They're, they're 
they're prioritizing woke and race-based hiring. So if you go to colorrushunited.org, you can see the level to which we are organizing uh, the employees against their own employers, and it's working. Well, we definitely need more pushback, and it's certainly uh, it's an advantageous, at least, to have somebody like yourself leading that charge because, as you say, you are Asian-American, so you get to speak from the uh, perspective of a minority in America, and you, you're not as easily dismissed by all of the so-called progressives as somebody like myself because, you know, there's this automatic, oh, well, you're white, what would you know about it? Uh, whereas okay, well, I can try to talk logic, I can try to give you stats, I can try to give you basic data, but at the end of the day, some people still need that emotional play too, and it's much harder to just ignore something that comes from uh, somebody such as yourself, even though your whole point, everything you're doing, is about how uh, the color is not the issue, the uh, minority status is not the issue, the fact that America was built as a melting pot and works best for everyone when we behave that way, your efforts to try and create that colorblind society, which is also part of what makes you a target for the folks that are still trying to push critical race theory. Yeah, and I like to speak from experience as well, because Asian Americans in this country are the inconvenient minority. Look, by all means, Based on our incoming household wealth, uh, which is nothing, most immigrants come here with zero dollars in their pocket. Um, based on, you know, our lack of social connections, based on our language barriers, based on the fact that we're a different race and color skin and critical race theory, we should be poor and oppressed, but we're not. Asian Americans are not. In fact, Asian Americans are the highest earning income group in the entire nation. They outpace whites in education, and an average household income. How does that make sense in a racist country? How, how is it that white people who hate black people so much, you know, would suddenly just love and adore Asians to the point where they're elevating them above themselves? It doesn't make any sense. And the reality is it's not because white people hate or love any minority more, you know, more than any other. It's because our country isn't structured off of race. Our country is structured off of culture and meritocracy. Uh, if an Asian American chooses to study twice as many hours, you know, to get into college and chooses to work hard, and they also have lower rates of crime, lower rates of divorce, um, those are factors that help Asian Americans succeed in this country, and it has nothing to do with race. Any race can adopt these, these policies, and that's why, that's why, uh, I'm so passionate about this issue because I don't want this to be about race at all. I want this to be about universal values that any culture, any race can adopt. Yeah. Well, that is certainly a message that we need to hear more of. Kenny, again, thank you so much for joining me today. I greatly appreciate your time. I know you're very busy, but uh, before we uh, before we part company this evening, uh, please uh, let everybody know where they can uh, uh, still get the book if they've been naughty. All those listeners out there, if you've been to naughty and not already gotten a copy, uh, share the uh, website for Colorist United again. And uh, anything else that you'd like to share, other websites, and, of course, uh, any of your social media handles, if you're inviting people to follow you, uh, anything at all you want to throw out, go ahead and do that right now. 
look, I want you guys to be naughty. I just want you guys to be naughty to the left narrative <laughs> because they're the ones that are enforcing the woke moral mind guard right now. So buy my book, educate yourself, an inconvenient minority, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound. Um, IndieBound is best for author royalties. Go buy this book um, and go to our website, colorusunited.org, if you want to support our fight against wokeness and woke corporations in America. All right. Again, thank you so much, Kenny, and uh, hope we can get a chance to talk again sometime soon. All right. Thanks. Yes, sir. All right. And that was my conversation with Kenny Shu. Uh, you know, he, he made several points that cannot be ignored. And yet, you have to ignore it if you want to buy into critical race theory. You have to ignore it if you want to buy into the narrative of the, rest, of the left that uh, white people are oppressors and everybody else is the oppressed. You have to buy into it if you want to believe in such a concept as white adjacent, which unfortunately is where Asian Americans and the American Jewish communities tend to fall in the eyes of those who happen to be black or Hispanic. If those particular black and or Hispanic individuals are buying into critical race theory. So the real key here is the fact that if somebody says you can work hard and be successful in America, that's not a tool of white oppression. Now, Asians are proving that uh, left and right. Asian Americans are going over the top. Statistically speaking, Kenny is absolutely right. Asian Americans are outpacing most Caucasians, and they're doing so in a fairly statistical significant amount. In almost every metric of success, and it has a lot to do with the mindset of pursuing excellence. And you see this with anybody who's truly good at what they do. If they pursue excellence, then they can transcend color barriers. They can transcend uh, physical obstacles. They can transcend just about any obstacle that would stand in your way. But you have to genuinely pursue excellence. That's a, uh, it's a mindset that's fairly prevalent in a majority of Asian cultures. So it's not at all surprising that Asian Americans, regardless of the initial backdrop from which they come from, whether it's Korean or Japanese or, or whatever other Asian uh, culture you may be talking about, most of them have such a devotion to striving for excellence that it's a real hard sell to try and convince these people that they are victims at birth. They're victims because of their skin tone. They're victims because of their ancestry. They're victims because they're just not Caucasian. And if you don't buy into that narrative, and you actually do pursue excellence, regardless of what area you're pursuing that excellence in, suddenly you can find yourself being very successful and being well rewarded for it here in the United States, whereas it might be a lot harder to achieve that level of success anywhere else in the world. Doesn't matter if you're LeBron James. Doesn't matter if you're Oprah Winfrey. 
doesn't matter if you are a moderately successful rap artist. None of those things matter. What matters is whether or not you pursue excellence in the field that you choose to focus on. Now, in some cases, a certain amount of natural talent certainly comes into play. But even with a certain level of natural talent that might exceed the average person's ability in that field, you can be overcome. You can be surpassed, surplanted by someone with lesser natural ability if you allow them to outwork you, if you allow them to pursue excellence at a higher level than you do. That's the great thing about America. That's a great thing about what Color Us United is trying to do, the pursuit of meritocracy, the pursuit of merit-based promotion and acknowledgement. Merit. You earn it. You must earn merit. You don't just have it handed to you. You're not just suddenly the most qualified because, bang, here you go. And, uh, you know, we just gave it to you. No, you have to pursue excellence in order to be excellent. I want to thank Kenny again. And I want to ask each and every one of you, go find a copy of his book, An Inconvenient Minority. And if you don't already have it in your library, uh, add it to it. And if you do have it, uh, but you know somebody who maybe leans a little left that maybe could use... Uh, somebody speaking from the perspective of being a minority that's being treated like they're not a minority by the left, uh, maybe pick up that as a gift for them. I mean, we are quickly heading into the gift-giving season, aren't we? Man, oh man, it's already September. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for the first hour. So for those of you that are listening on Terrestrial Radio, I'll be saying goodbye to you now, but asking you to tune in again tomorrow to hear hour number two of today's broadcast. If you're listening to the podcast, or if you're listening on the last frequency. Stay right where you are. Hour number two starts right after this, but uh, if you are amongst the radio folks that I'm saying goodbye to for now, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And uh, one more word for the angry man screaming at us to get off his lawn. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go, hey. let's go, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You know what they say, oh. Let's go, Brandon. She was from a blue state clan, taught to praise the little man. Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows and he couldn't say when couldn't say how, couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes.
kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, not she a couldn't joke. say Not why. a joke not hyperbole. I'm not being facetious, and I mean it. Not a joke, for real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. But all kidding aside, for real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I really mean it. I mean this. I'm not being solicitous. Not a joke. My name's Joe Biden. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. I'm cuckoo, I'm cuckoo. The USA is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've got to be free The way God made Right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn into guns All the unions always ask for more All we buy is made on foreign shores Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay I've gotta be free The way God made
Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And uh, this, of course, is the second hour of a live broadcast that took place on September 6, 2022, which is why... For those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio, maybe wondering why I'm not talking about something that happened that is so outrageous, and we know that outrageous stuff is happening literally every day under the current administration. Uh, well, the reason is, well, it's been a couple of days since we had this conversation. But rest assured, if it's that big of a deal, we will talk about it soon. And who knows, maybe, just maybe, it might be part of the bonus hour of uh, content that normally happens on the Thursday night shows, because here's the way the schedule goes. I do the broadcast live on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. I do two hours each one. But if you're listening on terrestrial radio, then you get to hear hour number one from Sunday show on Monday. Hour number two of Sunday show on Tuesday. Hour number one of Tuesday's show on Wednesday. Hour number two of Tuesday's show on Thursday, and then Hour number one of Thursday's show on Friday. So if you're one of the folks listening on Terrestrial Radio, that means there's one hour a week that you're not hearing. So come find the podcast and hear that bonus content. And while we're on the topic, please come join me over at Locals. Uh, Locals.com is a great community for all kinds of creative folks that are trying to build community. You have an opportunity to support folks over there as well. But you can just join the community free. Uh, you can decide to become a supporter and, uh, again, get specialized supporter-only content. And I'll, I've got a, some stuff already up over there that's exclusive content. I will start doing more as there are more people that join the community and become supporters. I don't see a reason to do a whole lot of supporter-only content when I don't have anybody signed up for it yet. But let me invite you over and, uh, you know, uh, come be part of that community. And, uh, you know, the other side is if you're listening on terrestrial radio, you're hearing the replay. That means you're the only folks not getting to hear that bonus content unless you go listen to the podcast somewhere. Uh, because podcast listeners are getting it. Uh, the folks listening at the last frequency are getting it. Uh, it's it's just you guys. So come on, come come. Don't miss out. If you're listening to the show now, there's a good chance you're going to enjoy that extra hour. A really good chance. In fact, you may even enjoy it more than the content you're currently getting. But we'll see. All right. If you happen to be listening and you missed hour number one of today's broadcast, again, terrestrial radio listeners had a interesting conversation with Kenny Chu. We were talking about, of course, how Color Us United, it's a great organization, and uh, his book, An Inconvenient Minority, is still doing extremely well in the charts. And if you had, don't already have a copy, you need to go get one. And uh, about how, in the name of fighting racism, uh, critical race theory folks are really pushing racism to counter it. So uh, it was a good conversation and, and well worth your time. And if you've heard Kenny uh, on Dr. Carlson, if you've heard him on uh, other shows here and there, 
then you know that he has a mastery of the information, and, and it was just a, a good conversation with an important message. Let me invite you. If you did miss it, go back, find it uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, which means iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, uh, Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, uh yeah, Stitcher is a great place. If you go to Stitcher, though, you will find the show listed twice. Uh, if you would please go to the version that has my picture on it instead of the partial picture of a flag. Uh, you'll get the same content, but the other one is monetized, so there will be ads. Uh, please don't skip to ads. That's literally the only thing you can do to help support the show that costs you nothing at all. Okay? <laughs> It's it's a small, small favor. To, uh, listen to the ads. Help me out a little. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you say we get into the... We have been talking quite a bit recently. Uh, last broadcast in particular as uh, my response to Joe Biden's little speech about how super-duper mega-maga Republicans have no respect for the Constitution or rule of law. Spent some time talking about uh, some really good examples, recent examples of how it's the folks on the left that are really the ones that don't have respect for the Constitution or the rule of law. If you missed that broadcast, go back and check it out. Uh, now I want to talk to you about something that came across my, uh, my desk today that really kind of exemplifies why folks on the left shouldn't be trusted with much of anything. You see, a new poll was conducted and released, and according to this brand new poll, an online survey that was conducted by WPA Intelligence, it was run from August 22nd through the 25th, See, it found that 22% of Democrats agreed with the statement, quote, some men can get pregnant. That's right. Nearly one in four Democratic voters believe men can get pregnant. Uh, no other qualifiers, just the notion that somebody with an XY chromosome is capable of getting pregnant. That is a biological impossibility, just FYI. But one in four, nearly a quarter of these folks actually believe that. They agreed with the statement. Again, I'm going to quote it. Some men can get pregnant. Now, obviously what they mean are women that identify as men. But they're not men. If you have XX chromosomes, you're not a man. I don't care what you've done to your body. I don't care what hormones you've taken. I don't care what hormones you're suppressing. The chromosomes tell the truth of the biological fact of what your identity is from a purely physiological standpoint. And XY cannot become pregnant. Anyway, the percentage, again, according to this poll, the percentage rose when only including women, and a whopping 36% of white, college-educated female Democrats concur. So, yeah. Now, 
Overall, still relatively few Americans that think men can be pregnant. But with 36% of a core Democratic constituency, college-educated white Democratic women, and one out of five Democrat voters believing that men can get pregnant, well, you can kind of see why Democratic leaders coddle the radical gender theory movement, because, you know, that represents a significant percentage of their base. Remember, Democrats count on having cobbled together this intersectional coalition, which is constantly uh, opposing each other. It's not uh, really holding together much anymore, but they still try to put up a united front. You know, the enemy of my enemy kind of mentality is keeping them together when it comes to certain political arguments. But at the end of the day, if they were to lose that 20%, 25%, or throw in the women there, 36% of their voting base, just not even necessarily have them flip to the other party, but they just not vote, well, then that's enough to flip a lot of re, uh, a lot of these elections red that ordinarily they would find a way to win. Now the poll of course underscores the left's growing embrace of a radical gender theory that biological sex doesn't indicate gender. People born female can later identify as men while retaining the ability to reproduce. Hence the claim men can become pregnant. A recent Pew Research poll also found that about 5% of young adults in the United States believe it's possible to identify into a gender that differs from their biological sex. The American Civil Liberties Union, the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and numerous liberal media outlets, including CNN and MSNBC, are increasingly opting for terms such as pregnant people or birthing parent instead of women. Of course, when they're referencing pregnancy, fertility, and, of course, abortion, uh, these terms become necessary in their minds. A recent CNN article actually laid out the left's confounding new lexicon on gender, biology, and procreation, saying, quote, some trans men and non-binary people can also get pregnant, as can cis girls and trans boys. This, of course, was coming from Hammett Kerr, I believe, K-A-U-R, Kerr. If I'm butchering your last name there, Hammett, I apologize. Anyway, uh, Hammett covers culture for CNN. And so you probably know who I'm talking about if you watch CNN at all. Anyway, uh, continuing quoting from uh, this piece that uh, they wrote, this is also true in the opposite. Not all women are able to get pregnant. Some cis women struggle with fertility, while trans women lack uteruses. Opting for gender-neutral terms, such as people or patients, uh, allows for these nuances in a way that just saying women does not. Although the poll that we're talking about does show that more and more people on the left are buying into the new gender theory, 
Some say that referencing pregnancy outside of the context of gender is, well, misleading at best, and I tend to think that that's an accurate statement. Uh, quoting here uh, from uh, Claire Baker, uh, a professor of the study of women and gender at Smith College, talking to CNN, no less, uh, Claire said, uh, quote, Pregnant people doesn't say who we're talking about. It makes pregnancy sound like it's a gender-neutral phenomenon or a sex-neutral phenomenon. And realistically, that's part of the idea, isn't it? I mean, they want you to believe, they want you to think that this is somehow all part of acceptable uh, ideology because if you can believe that this is accurate, if you can believe that this is true, if you can believe that it's fair, then you're one step closer to suspending objective reality. You're one step closer to completely tearing down the idea of the nuclear family. You're one step closer to completely tearing down the ideas and the principles and, and all the founding philosophies that made the United States of America unique in the world and superior, yes, I will say it, superior to all other countries around the world. The idea that we took the very best of Western philosophy, we attached morality to it. We rolled in with that the idea that we should have a federalized government that still respects the rights of the states to kind of be those individual laboratories for experimenting with freedom and liberty. That the federal government should be limited in scope and limited in power to have very specific, well-defined responsibilities and should do nothing more should have no authority and no power on anything that isn't specifically enumerated in the Constitution. That that Constitution should, in fact, be a series of negative rights for the government, as opposed to listing all the positive rights for the citizens. That's why people kind of get all hung up on constitutional rights, constitutional rights, and they want to go through the Bill of Rights like it's some magical list of everything. And that's what our government needs to acknowledge, and it doesn't really have to acknowledge anything else, but that's not what it's for. That's not how it's laid out, and that's not what it says. The reason that the Tenth Amendment, it says, and all other rights not enumerated uh, and granted to the federal government, fall to the states and the people. There's a big, long list of rights that the federal government is expected to protect above all other things, regardless of popular thought, regardless of the majority ruling ideas and philosophies on those particular rights at any given moment in time, regardless of the snapshot of the moment. There's a reason why due process is important. There's a reason why the left is going nuts that the judge uh, in the Mar-a-Lago case has decided to grant the special master. There's a reason why leftists, especially in media and certain elected officials, although still mostly the media talking heads, have went to Nutsville, if you'll allow me to paraphrase my friend Ron Edwards, 
they went to Nutsville uh, in responding to this because, oh, look, this is so ridiculous. Uh, they're trying to protect Trump. No, they're trying to protect an American citizen who is worthy and who has the right to due process. The same set of rights that you would expect should it be you accused by the state of doing something wrong. It doesn't matter if you're on board the Trump train trying to get it back on track for 2024. It doesn't matter if you're a never-Trumper. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat who can't stand a mean tweet unless it's from one of your peeps. You should be first in line as an American citizen to stand up for due process. Not just for you and your side, but for everyone. Because as soon as you're willing to accept that, well, we don't really need due process for the other guys, then you're opening yourself up to not getting due process. Oh, Chad, you know that most of these lefties don't even know what due process is. Oh, no, no, you're underestimating these folks. And here's the dirty little secret. Most of these people do understand exactly what they're arguing against, but they're trying to convince the public. Because right now, they're trying to convince the American citizen that we have a democracy, that we should be a democracy, that being a constitutional republic with democratic principles isn't enough. Never mind the fact that that is the way we've been able to manage to hang on to liberty for as long as we have. It's taken them better than 200 years to really start carving deep into taking our freedoms away. Now, they continue down this path, and they're all about incrementalism. And They started fighting against the Constitution before it was even done, before the ink was dry. There has been a group of people in this country fighting against it because their interest is controlling you, the average citizen. They don't want you to even think for a second that you have any say whatsoever in your destiny. They don't want you to think that if you work hard, you have an opportunity to be successful. They, they want to sell you on this idea that, oh, America is super racist. They want to sell you on the idea that you're a victim. They want to sell you on the idea that if you are white, you're an oppressor, so you need to sit down and shut up and let the other folks talk. They want to sell you on all these ideas. And in that process, they're conditioning you to believe that you must put all your faith and trust in the state. That you must put all your faith and trust in a government that will be your mother, your father, and your God if you give them the chance. That's why they don't like people of faith. Honest to goodness, people of faith. Because they know that if you have faith in God, you're never going to rely solely on the government. That's why they don't like people who are conservative, who believe in merit-based rewards and merit-based activities. Because those folks... They expect to have to work hard. They expect to have to earn things on their own. And they expect the government to just get back and stay out of the way. You know, as it should be. Life is difficult in the United States if you are a freedom-loving, liberty-living individual. 
but it's supposed to be. That's the other dirty little secret. Life isn't supposed to be easy, and it's never going to be even if you put all your faith in the government. They're only going to give you enough stuff to get you hooked. They're only going to give you enough freebies until you are under their thumb completely and totally, and then all of a sudden you're going to find out what they really think about you. You cannot buy in to the myths and lies that they're telling you. And the more they promise you that they're trying to help you, the more you need to keep a close eye on exactly what it is they are doing. You need to apply critical thinking and look beyond the promise of the minute and start looking at all the juxtapositions in what they're offering up as policy. Start looking at all the flaws in their logic. Start looking at all of the inter interactions in, in the failings and the circular logic and the areas where they say one thing that literally will take you back around to the opposite result. You really, really don't have to look any further than the Trump presidency to the Biden presidency and see where all the policies work and where they fail. And if you're somebody right now that's still believing that Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. has winning policies and is making America better, then clearly your last name is Biden, or you work for the administration. Either way, you're getting paid by virtue of being associated with Joe Biden, and that's it. So your life has gotten a little better. Uh, hang on to your hats, though, folks, because the rest of America is feeling the pain. It doesn't matter how much you want to whine about the right to kill pre-born human babies. It doesn't matter how much you want to whine about how uh, we have to be racist against white people because they've been racist against us. It doesn't matter how much you stand in a backdrop to make it look like you're freaking Emperor Palpatine going on about super-duper mega-mega. None of those things are going to resonate when it comes time to vote. Now, these special elections that have happened early, it's moved the uh, the needle a little bit. You've had activation from folks who ordinarily wouldn't be showing up to midterms. But we are heading into a time where energy prices, while they have ticked down a little bit, they're still nearly $2 higher than they were when Joe Biden took office in almost every part of the country, and still several parts where it's even higher than that. Yeah, it's creeped down a little bit. But it's still really high, guys. But we're heading into a time where as we enter the winter months, those energy prices are going to go up. We got news from OPEC today. News from OPEC coming out that, guess what? They're still not going to do any favors for Joe Biden because Joe Biden's still pushing the Iran deal. The, the same Iran deal where no Americans were even involved in negotiating. Not the actual negotiations where Tehran, uh, Tehran had their folks setting down. We agreed to that. Why? The Arabs throughout the Middle East have sent a letter to Joe Biden warning them of the threat of letting these people have access to all this money he wants to throw at them. He literally wants to do the same thing that Barack Hussein Al-Akbar Obama did and throw pallets of cash at the mullahs in Iran. This is absurd. The Arabs in the region are telling them this is going to lead to terrorism rearing its ugly head throughout the West, including in the United States. And 
a firm warning that it may very well lead to a hot war in the region that will draw us in. And this is still under the auspices that we're not going to see the conflict between Russia and Ukraine continue to evolve into something larger. And we're not out of the woods in that by any means. With Russia now completely closing off uh, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline now, Europe is cut off. If they cannot get their energy production back up and going, coal fire, nuclear, they can't reinstitute all these things that they shut down in the name of being green, there's going to be a lot of unrest as people start to freeze to death. Mark my words, the threat of continued escalation and potentially leading into an event involving multiple nations in active open warfare, possibly meeting the definition of a world war, it's not out of the question. We need to take the steps now. We should have already reversed all of Joe Biden's reversals of Donald Trump's energy independence uh, all the policies. Because if we had done it when they first started looking at trying to put uh, sanctions against Russia, then we would be back to energy independent now. We would be pretty close to being a net exporter again. And if we could export enough energy where we take care of our needs first and then export enough to our friends in Europe so that they aren't so dependent on Russian energy, then guess what? you might actually be able to contain that regional conflict to just the region in which it's in. But these folks continue to double and triple and quadruple down, and they refuse to acknowledge that every time they say they're trying to unite, that they're just dividing us further. Every time they say equality, what they mean is equity, and what equity just means they're looking for equal outcomes. The only way the government can guarantee equal outcomes is to make sure that we're all equally miserable. But what else can you expect from a group of people where nearly a quarter of them believe that men can be pregnant? Stay where you're at. We're going to take the mid-hour break right now, and uh, we're going to move on to an even more ridiculous woke topic uh, upon our return. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Fellow Americans, let's face it, regime leader Joe Biden, every Democrat, along with their great pretender lackeys like Mitch McConnell and others, are literally out to get us. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. 
Before you squishy Republicans who would rather move on from Donald Trump just because the leftist Democrats in government, the media, entertainment, academia, and the church would all rather compromise with those hell-bent on our destruction rather than stand and fight for what is right. I get it. The war being waged against we the people and our exceptional nation way of life is difficult at best. But here's the reality. Because good men and women have done far too little in the past years, evil men and women are seemingly having their evil way. The southern border is wide open for invasion. The thugs who assault decent sovereign individuals are rewarded with freedom, while Joe Biden threatens patriots with more powerful government weapons. Fox Broadcasting's Britt Hume and others encourage Republicans to dump Trump rather than learn from the example Trump set by actually fighting for liberty. We must also seek God for guidance, but he will not support weak and droopy compromisers. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I, only, I, went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. I left home when I was 10 years old because I was hungry. And I used to, this, is, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher. Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, he says, uh, <clears throat> he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may... May I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O oh glory, 
a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect. Because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. And that's love for country. And to the Republic. Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders. Not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation and justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others, for all, for all, which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? My name's Joe Biden. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. Joe Brandon, I agree. Yeah. I mean he has made clear that uh, 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 well, I took uh, a walk around the world to ease my trouble I'm not thanking you. No, no. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I keep forgetting I'm president. Not a joke. Not a joke. And that wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. This is not hyperbole. I'm not being facetious. And I mean it. Not a joke. For real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Put all kidding aside. For real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I really mean it. I mean this. I'm not being solicitous. Not a joke. All right. So that's not a joke. According to Joe, uh, I'm sometimes maybe wish it was a joke 
But it's not a joke, and, and that's good to know. You know what else isn't a joke? Well, uh, everything to do with uh, this next product I want to tell you about. And uh, while I'm trying to get my page set up properly, uh, because now they put a bunch of pop-up stuff in the way, let me tell you about this great product. You see, I kind of have to ask you a question. Are you tossing and turning every night trying to get some sleep? Do traditional sleep remedies kind of leave you feeling groggy and tired the next day? Are you laying awake at night, counting sheep, just hoping, praying to fall asleep? Then there's a really good chance that what you might need is bedtime CBD gummies from Diamond CBD. We're talking about extra strength, broad spectrum gummies combined with melatonin that helps promote natural restfulness. There'll be a link in today's show description that will take you directly to the Bedtime CBD Gummies page. We are talking about extra strength. We're talking about getting you relaxed and getting natural sleep in a way that is good for you and helps get the health benefits of CBD into your diet. Remember, the CBD is... Uh, well, it's legal pretty much everywhere. And uh, once you're at Diamond CBD's website, you can check out all the other great products that are existing there, too. So follow the link in the show description if you are listening to the podcast. And if you are not listening to the podcast, then visit me over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com. And uh, look for any of the other products that will have banners uh, that might take you there, things like LT, Pain Masters, and uh, any of the gummies and, and things of that nature. Uh, and then once you are uh, appropriately over at the uh, Diamond CBD page, uh, then you can search for the Broad Spectrum Plus Melatonin Bedtime CBD Gummies. Uh, it's good stuff. But uh, anyway, uh, just want to throw that out there. And oh yeah, by the way... Guess what? It is September, and just in case you didn't realize it, September is Bourbon Heritage Month. And I really don't know of a better way. In fact, there probably isn't another acceptable way, at least in my mind, to fully celebrate Bourbon Heritage Month than with homegrown Boone's Bourbon. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still heavy on the the Boone's Bourbon Kick. Uh, it's just really good bourbon. Uh, you know, it, it is high proof. In fact, uh, they are proving that high proof bourbon doesn't have to come with a high price tag. One of the most reasonable high proof bourbons, uh, as far as the price is concerned, that you're going to find anywhere. So, uh, you know, if, if you haven't tried Boone's already, uh, then I highly recommend you give it a try. Uh, they certainly do have little sampler bottles available in most outlets. So just go wherever you purchase spirits and, uh, you know, look around. See if you can find homegrown Boone's bourbon. If they don't have it readily available, ask for it. And uh, if they're not currently carrying it, ask them if they will. Or if they know somebody else who might be. You can also search online. 
Uh, it is available in all 50 states, although they're direct distributing to still just a few. Uh, online sales make it possible for you to uh, to order homegrown Boone's bourbon just about anywhere. So, uh, you know, just check it out. I'm probably not going to put a link in the show description for Boone's, but uh, you definitely need to try it, especially if you're a fan of high-proof bourbon. It's just good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so I guess that's enough promotional stuff uh, for now. Uh, just check out the links in today's show description. And uh, I told you, I promised you another very woke story. Well, here we are. Seems that a leading transgender health association is expected to release its brand new guidance next week. This brand new guidance is expected uh, to suggest breast removal for girls as young as 15 and testicle removal for boys as young as 17 as being perfectly acceptable. You know, let's just start mutilating young people's bodies. What's it going to hurt? Now, the World Professional Association for Transgendered Health, uh, WAPATH for short, well, it's stated already that it will release its new guidance before the organization's annual conference in Montreal on September 16th. Uh, quoting here, Let me assure you that we are doing everything we can to ensure the SOC8 is ready and available online at the start of the 27th WPATH Scientific Symposium in Montreal, Canada. This, of course, from Walter Pierre Bouman, uh, the president of WAPATH. WAPATH, WAPATH. Anyway, the uh, 2011 guidance, the Standards of Care version 7, this came out for 2011, uh, it, it states that... Uh, Mental health professionals should not impose a binary view of gender. They should give ample room for clients to explore different options for gender expression. It also added genital surgery should not be carried out until patients reach the legal age of majority in a given country. And patients uh, have lived continuously for at least 12 months in the gender role that is congruent with their gender identity. So the old the old guidance was become a legal adult and pretend to be this other gender for at least a year. You know, give it a spin. See how you like it. Give them a chance to outgrow Gender dysphoria. That sounds way more reasonable to me than this new guidance. I mean, this is kind of on par with something I've been saying from the beginning. Now, there are people that genuinely suffer from gender dysphoria. There are people that genuinely need the type of support and assistance and help, perhaps even of a psychological variety, to help them to deal with whatever traumatic issue has led them to the gender dysphoria they're suffering from. But at the end of 
the discussion, it always comes back around to the statistical fact that an overwhelming majority of individuals that actually have gender dysphoria do outgrow it on their own, even without professional psychological assistance. It takes time to get comfortable in your skin. When you're going through uh, the joys of puberty, it's harder on some of us than others. But very few people go through puberty without some level of awkwardness, without some level of not being comfortable with the changes that are taking place. If you're one of those few people, then hey, congratulations, good for you. There's also a chance that you may be suffering from some other mental disorder and you may be a threat to the world in general. <laughs> just, just saying, there's some type of psychopathy involved if you don't have some level of discomfort as you go through puberty. So the idea that, oh, being somewhat dis uh, uncomfortable with your transition during puberty is a sign that you're not the gender you've been assigned, it's poppycock. And I'm, I'm trying really hard to be polite on the topic here. But it's poppycock. It is bovine excrement. It is bull capital shite. Period. So what's wrong with the 2011 guidance? What's wrong with the standard of care version 7 when it says, okay, don't try to impose a binary view of gender, but make sure that they are at least of legal age wherever they're at and that they have tried out the new identity for at least a year before considering surgically mutilating these people's bodies. That, again, I'm going to say it again, it seems reasonable to me. At least go through puberty and become an adult before you start changing your body in a fashion that can't be undone. Back to quoting here, and the guidance continuing. Chest surgery in female-to-male patients could be carried out earlier preferably after ample time of living in the desired gender role and after one year of testosterone treatment. In other words, get an idea of what it's actually going to feel like before you mutilate your body. But the Associated Press has now reported back in June that the new guidance lowered existing age requirements, noting, quote, the World Professional Association for Transgendered Health said that hormones could be started at age 14, two years earlier than the group's previous advice, and some surgeries done at age 15 or 17, a year or so earlier than previous guidance. The update also recommends Breast removal for trans boys at age 15, and that means a female trying to transition to male. Most genital surgeries starting at age 17, including womb and testicle removal. A Seattle's Children's Hospital spokesperson told Fox News Digital, quote, while we tailor gender-affirming surgical treatments to the individual, Patients cared for at Seattle's Children's 
must first meet a set of specific criteria as outlined in the World Professional Association for Transgendered Health Standards of Care. Meaning they're using this group's standards as the excuse to mutilate these children's bodies. And I'm sorry, 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds. I know you're young adults, but you're still kids. And unless you have grown up in a situation where you are actually required to be mature and be responsible, you're not surrounded by helicopter parents who are handing you everything and not putting any expectations on you, then you could very well be into your 30s and still not have the type of mental acuity to be considered not a kid. Uh, it sounds harsh, but it's true. And, you know, everybody out there listening, you know somebody that's in their 40s and still hasn't grown up. <laughs> you, you know somebody. You know how I know you know somebody? Because I know people that are nearly 60 now, and they haven't grown up. So it's not an unusual phenomenon. Now, I hate the fact that we live in a world where there is such a thing as a World Professional Association for Transgender Health. It seems as if this organization that's clearly been around for a little while now exists solely to perpetrate them making money via mutilating, either through surgery or chemical castration, Mutilating people that are suffering from a mental disorder. One, again, that is very often outgrown. Back to quoting here. Spokesperson. The gender-affirming care we provide is rooted in science and based on the international standards of care set by authoritative medical and scientific bodies, including the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, American Medical Association, the Children's Hospital Association, and the American Psychiatric Association. Now, Stanford Medical Children's Health in California says on its website, quote, we currently follow guidelines set forth by the World Professional Association for Transgendered Health for transgender and gender-expansive children and adolescents, which include the recommendations to establish stable mental health support. Now, that's the only part here that I can get behind, except for the fact that I not, don't necessarily trust what passes is mental health these days. Uh, they seem very much directed towards trying to make sure that you're not getting better, that you become a permanent patient, to become somebody that runs a higher risk of committing suicide as you get older, not a lower one. Someone that is going to struggle through regret, which, you know, whether we have Walt Hollier on or we have other gender experts on whenever we've discussed the topic, the biggest thing that we as conservatives continue to point out and the folks on the left continue to ignore 
is the high level of suicides and the high level of regret for the people that actually start some of these more aggressive treatments that the gender-affirming crew claim is transitioning. No matter how you change your outward appearance, you can't change your chromosomes. At the end of the day, no matter what you do to try to appear and to behave more like a gender that you are not, you still biologically, scientifically haven't changed a thing. I can identify as an Apache attack helicopter. It still doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to shoot missiles at will at you as soon as I get angry at you. Although there are days when I wish I had that power. Identifying as an instrument of destruction from the U.S. military isn't going to change my ability to cause that destruction. This type of change in guidance from an organization that claims to be providing medical care that's being quoted and being used as a guideline by folks that are legitimately offering surgical mutilations and chemical castrations now of children is dangerous at best. But that's where we are. We have a country where nearly a quarter of Democratic voters believe that men can get pregnant. And it's through activities like this where they believe in the name of inclusivity that we should just do these ridiculously harmful things to children. Well, you know, it, it's so much easier to do this than to let them go through puberty and then try to do it. Except if they go through puberty, they normally don't have the dysphoria anymore. And the rest is a matter of social contagion. An idea that, while it's pretty obviously true, even Bill Maher has pointed it out, the left continues to pretend like that doesn't exist, and that we, the lefties, uh, keep saying that us conservatives are just bigoted in even insinuating that such a thing is possible. <sighs> All right, well, that's got to be it for today. Uh, again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, being here and listening all the way through. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And, uh, hey, Joe. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go,
feel safe if you are armed You say gun control Is using both hands Founders knew the second amendment Was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact So we'd never become sheep Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family Using both hands.